if you are able to stand for the reading of God's inerrant and infallible word. We are beginning with verse 36 of the 24th chapter of the gospel according to St. Matthew. This is the words of the Lord Jesus. But of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were also, <coughs> as, but as in the days of Noah were, also will come be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in the days before the flood they were eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two men will be in the field, one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding at the meal, one will be taken and the other left. Watch, therefore, for you do not know the hour your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known at what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed the house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Amen. Are you ready? Are there people you love and care about deeply and in your heart you feel they are not ready? I can answer yes to both questions. I am ready. I am ready when he comes. Not because I am good, but because I heard the gospel and by the grace of Christ I believed. And I surrendered my life to him. I'm ready. The other evening when we had the fundraiser for Steve Adams, what a blessed time that was. But as I sat there in the back of the church, I was just filled with joy about the coming of the Lord for me. My mind was carried up to the glories of heaven. Are you ever, do you ever experience that? What a day, what a day it will be. And I can rejoice. But I must also say that I know friends right here in this community. I know loved ones in my own family. I know neighbors that if he came today, they would not be ready. Are, are you at that same place? So today I... I want to, to press upon you. There really are two groups that, that we need to be concerned about. Those who have never truly surrendered to the Lord. Now, I'm not talking about just to look at a person's life, and, and there may be some here, you know. I was asked one time in Hawaii by my elders, preacher, why do you so often preach about 
the need to come to Christ, the need to be saved. And these are men I respected enormously and continue to do so. Says, we're all saved. And I said, how do you know that? How do you know it? Now, if I have to draw on opinions here, I, knowing this congregation, I, I have the sense that you are all saved, but really in the end, the only person that knows that for sure is yourself, and the only person I know about for sure is myself. Because there can be all kinds of religious outward manifestations, and yet a heart is still from God. You know, I've often quoted some preacher, I don't know who it was, said that, that sitting in church no more makes you a Christian than sitting in an, a garage makes you an automobile. What I am talking about today is that real inward surrender, that real giving of your life to Christ. Your hope is not set on the world, but it's set on Him. That's what I'm talking about, that you trust His promise to forgive your sins and you receive Him as Lord and Master. And like that song said... He heals me to run on, run on for him. But we also know there are those that have lived outside the body that are not Christians. Um, I want to say something here. I was asked one time by a person, you know, people look for all kinds of reasons not to be involved in the church. Did you know that? I don't like the preacher. I don't like him much myself. And I know him better than any of you. Or they'll say, well, I don't like the music. You ever heard that, Gail? Uh, it's not about you liking the music. It's about whether you're sincerely praising God when we sing. That's what it's about. Uh, not everybody likes my kind of music. Uh, Elizabeth doesn't like it. Uh, I listen to Flat and Scruggs all the time. I know she can't stand them. But I could grow up on Saturday night turning the radio on or a television when we finally got one. Lester and Earl coming out there picking and singing. And I didn't want my mama to make any cornbread that wasn't made with Martha White. <laughs> you know, if you love the Lord Jesus, you really love him, you're going to love what he loves. That's a fact. Jesus loved the little children. You're going to love the little children. Jesus loved the sick and infirm. He, and he loved the lost. You're going to love those things, and you're going to love the church because Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. That's why. And any person that absents themselves from the body is absenting themselves from the very body of Christ. I want you to understand that. And uh, I got family members that don't go to church. Some are honest to say they really haven't committed their life, and some will give me some rigmarole answer, but I know what the problem is. The problem is they love something else more than they love Jesus, and you can write that down. And I don't say that with anger. I say that with sorrow because I love those people. I got a few people I'm, I think are trying to avoid me. 
I got a feeling I got a family member. I, last three times I've been home to Chattanooga, I call and say, I, I'd like to, you all know how stingy I am. I mean, I'm stingy. I, I call them, I say, I'd like for you to go to dinner with me, and I, I'll be glad to buy you dinner. I just need to talk to you. Well, I got you, you know. I got a person in this community, I've been to their house three or four times, and they never come to the door. I don't know if they're really gone or if they're hiding from me. They're hiding from the best opportunity, a guaranteed opportunity that there is. I mean, I'm not pushing Amway or something. That's not, I got something better than that. Those who we know are apart from Christ must be our concern. Those who reject or are indifferent to the Lord must be our concern because you know why. The Lord's going to come for them just like that. And if you're not ready, it's too late to get ready. Now, the Romans may teach uh, the doctrine of purgatory. You know what that is? It's a, after you die, you don't give straight to heaven or straight to hell. You go to purgatory, and sometimes God works on you in there, and you thought you were headed for hell, and you end up in heaven. That's a lie from the pit of hell. I love the Roman Catholics. Got them in my family. Got a couple of them that I know really love the Lord, and they don't believe that, of course. But, but the point is that once your time comes, it is over. Those people worshiping, talking about, talking about the coming of the Lord. Talking about the coming of the Lord. And he came. And it's going to be that way. Jesus said, Jesus said, the Son of Man will come for you in an hour in which you least expect it. He's going to come for my brother and my sister and my cousins and, and my friends here in an hour that they do not expect. Just like he's going to come for you and I in an hour we don't expect. And young people, make no mistake. Long life is not guaranteed for you. We, I hope you live to be a lot older than me. I know you think that's really old, but I hope you do. But let me tell you something. Many is the young person that's going to get into an automobile today or they're going to go to the lake boating or they're going to go here or there. They may be even on the way to church and, and that getting in that automobile or climbing into that boat will be the last thing they ever do. It can come for you at any hour too. Be ready. Be ready. I, I just have increasing in my life a, a burden, and I know it's from, from God uh, to reach out to those who are in a perilous situation because if you're not in Christ, you're in the place of greatest peril. You know, I got wonderful uh, Boys, they love the Lord. I'm so thankful. I, I have every indication I'm going to see them in heaven. You know, you know, most daddies get together, and they, we talk about a lot. But we spend so much time talking about the Lord, especially that youngest one. He's just always picking my mind about the Bible. And he's always giving testimonies of how the Lord's working in his life. You know, I'm so thankful for that. 
Oh, but I got other ones I love so much. I got other ones that, you know, might talk a good game, but you can tell by their walk they're not there. Oh, they let other things get in their way. Oh, they're in a dangerous situation. Because if they face the Lord without having saving faith, my love will save them. Christ's love would save them, but it won't save them against their will. And if the Lord called for them tonight, I could not be reconciled in my heart that all things are well. I got people in this neighborhood, they don't know I love them. I'll try to talk to them when I can. Oh, it burdens me. It burdens me. Jesus talks about two people being in the field. They're going about their regular life. Two women washing dishes or doing something, going about their regular life. And suddenly, one is taken to glory, and the other is left in the world. They were not planning on that, either one of them, that day. I got friends that are at home right now, maybe just now getting up here in Lakeview and looking around, and uh, and uh, they're not ready. They're not ready. But it's coming with suddenness. You know, I think the church of Jesus Christ, uh, some of us were talking about that the other day, that the church of Jesus Christ has been remiss in not preaching that the judgment of God is coming over all of its, the world and its wickedness and unbelief. Do you know that God is going to judge the world? He's going to judge you. He's going to judge me. If we're in Christ, we'll be pronounced justified through him. But if we're not, we're going to be condemned. He's going to do that the whole world. He's judging this nation right now. We've turned our back on God and we're starting to get the bitter fruits. Oh, if we just get rid of the guns, or if we just get rid of the drugs, everything will be all right. No. It will not be all right. They took the guns away from people in London and now they're chopping each other up with machetes. God's judgment is real. And his final judgment is more real than anything there is. God is coming for all humanity. He's coming for you. He's coming for me. He's coming for my children. Come for my wife. He's coming for my friends. He's coming for you, for all of us. And it'll be an hour in which we least Expect. You know, this church has had an experience in its own life so many times, haven't we? So many times. We've, we've uh, seen by somebody at church, kissed and hugged their neck, and then we went home and we get a call later in the afternoon. He's dead. I don't mind saying it, but Roy Lee Cobb was one of the dearest friends I ever had in life, one of the finest men I've ever known. But I've often felt guilty because of all the times I drove by his house and I could have stopped. Oh, I'll stop tomorrow and visit him. Now, he was saved. I wasn't a salvation issue, but, but I'll stop tomorrow. And then, then I came home and, and someone called me. Uh, I, I think it was one of you all. I can't remember who it was and said, 
Oh, I know it was, it was Claudine Linda. Said, the ambulances are over at Roy Lee's house. And I rushed over. And I hate to say it as much as the efforts try to save him. For all practical purposes, Roy Lee Cobb was dead the moment his hit, head hit those steps. And it can be the same for you. It will be the same. Jesus said it would be. And it will be the same for our friends that are lost. I can rejoice. There's all evidences I've ever seen in him. He's more alive today than I am. But there is an urgency, people, to understand that the Lord is coming. He's going to come suddenly. And if you wait until that moment to prepare, if my brother and sister and friends are, are waiting until that moment to prepare, if my friends here in the community are waiting for that moment to prepare, it will be too late. If you have lost loved ones, you better be talking to them about that. If you have lost friends, you better be talking to them about that. Oh, yes. The Bible says it clearly. It doesn't just say it in this text. It says it in a lot of places. That the Lord is coming suddenly at an hour we least expect, and there will be no second chances. Blessed are you that have heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. You ought to get down on your knees every night and say, Thank you, Lord. I, I was numbered among those that, that heard the word of God, that heard God's plan of salvation, and that I heard the call to accept Christ as my Lord and Savior. And by the power of Holy Spirit, I said yes to that call. You ought to praise God for that. Because whether he comes now or a hundred years from now, you are ready. People who put off the Lord will be taken by surprise. It's coming with a suddenness for you and for me. It's coming with a suddenness for our lost family and friends, our lost neighbors. Personal procrastination on surrendering to Christ as you hear the gospel is foolishness. You know, people are so audacious, you know. You ever notice that? So prideful. I was talking to a fellow a while back. He says, well, you know, I'll come to the Lord eventually, but right now I've got a few other things I want to do. And now forgive your pre preacher said a bad word, but I was really upset. I said, are you a damn fool? Do you think... That the eternal sovereign God dances to your tune. That you will be fine when you will be saved by your power. You are a foolish man, I said. And I said, I seriously doubt with that attitude you'll ever be saved. I hope it scared him. I think it made him mad initially. But I hope it scared him. You see, the church has been remiss of not telling the world God holds you in judgment. I had a preacher at Duke, one of those silly men I had to endure, said one time, young men, don't be preaching about God's wrath and hell and scaring people. I mean, that's what he actually said. And I said to him, 
I wasn't popular there. I said to him, if going to hell is the worst thing that could happen to a person, why should we not cause fear of that worst thing? Got to see. But um, anyway, the, the truth is, the truth is that, that God is coming to judge the world. This nation needs to know it is God is coming to judge the United States. And if the United States thinks they're going to get a pass practicing rampant abortion, practicing rampant approval of sexual immorality, practicing all the graft and greed that goes on where where value is measured materially where politicians make fortunes while people labor to pay their tax. If you think God's going to pass that by, you've got another thought coming. He didn't pass his chosen people by when they sinned. He's not going to pass this nation by. And if you want to be a good citizen, you better be telling the nation that if you don't turn back to God, you're going to be destroyed. Because God's coming. He's going to come for the United States in an hour we least expect. We didn't learn a thing from 911. Not one thing. Now I want to tell you, believers, those of you that are saved, rejoice in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Rejoice. Everybody here that knows that Christ sits on the throne of their heart, rejoice today. Be glad. If you know it's for real, if you're not a fake Christian, you know it's for real, rejoice and be glad. You know what? If he comes for you in the next moment, you're ready. I'll be glad when he comes for me. I'll miss all of you. I'll miss my wife. I'll miss my children, I'm sure, for a moment. But, but, but the glory of heaven, I hope they miss me. I don't know. But the glory of heaven, I hope you miss me. The glory of heaven so marvelous beyond our words to describe our minds to frame hallelujah I'm glad that's my end aren't you but for the lost it's not that way and they need to know it that, that, that the lost are doomed the lost are doomed they'll be like the rich man crying out you remember uh, to last to last to the Lord. Lord, I'm down here in hell. I'm down here suffering. I live for myself all all the time. I, I never gave true attention to you. And poor Lazarus the beggar sat at my door begging, had nothing. And now Lazarus is in heaven. He's in the bosom of Abraham. Lord, just let that Lazarus dip one finger in water and come and touch my burning lips. And the answer is no. For you live for yourself, that text essentially says, and that's your reward. You chose to be separated from me for eternity. I did not choose that for you. I want you, I'm praying to God that, that if there's a person here who's never really surrendered their life to Christ, you know it. I don't have to tell you. The Holy Spirit will tell you that today will be the day you will give your life to him. And that your eye will no longer be set upon the world, 
put upon him. And my deep prayer is also to realize that, this, that we cannot spiritually procrastinate. We, we, we need to come to the Lord. I, my prayer is today that, that God's going to, if you're a believer that is not involved in, in warning and sharing with people that are lost, that you'll start doing that. Because let me tell you, friends, if you are a believer and truly know the Lord, you're not going to like me telling you this. You're not going to like it. Because I think this is a major weakness in Lakeview. And it's the one I hope before the Lord takes me away from this place. I see healed and overcome. If you're not concerned and involved in reaching to your lost friends and your neighbors and your loved ones and sharing with them that they need to come to Christ, that if they don't come to Christ, they're going to be doomed. They're going to be lost for all eternity. That's the truth. Do you know it? I don't care how much you love your auntie or uncle or how much you love your child or how much you love this person or that person. That love, your love, will not save them. The only thing that will save them is the love of God which is received by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. That's the only way. And we, knowing he's coming suddenly, knowing that he will come for those to receive into heaven, those that are ready and will leave behind those that are not. I hope. God will, as we used to say in years ago, put a fire in your belly for those who will be left behind unless something changes. I hope there's not a person in this audience today who's going to walk out not committed to doing that if you're a believer. I hope that we won't go out and say, well, the old preacher, he said it. I hope you go out and do it. Because believers, you're going to be accountable. Did you know that? In fact, I think that's probably the only thing you're going to be accountable for. Three men were given a talent. Remember that? That talent's the gospel. And each, as they could, did what they could to increase that for the king. Remember that? Except one. And one was more afraid of, of, of failing, so he hid his in the ground. Now, we know how that parable turns out, don't we? I hope God, there will not be a person who out this door today that is saying, it's not going to have, God, I want to be an evangelist. That means a bringer of good news to the lost people I know. I want them to know there's only one way to salvation. That's through a living faith relationship with Jesus Christ. I hope that you go out of this door today with a heart on fire and a passion for people to hear the message of amazing grace that Dr. Billy Graham had in his soul. Let me tell you something. You'll change lives. You'll change lives. And you will be faithful.
coming at an hour when we least expect it. Like lightning. Amen.